0: It's six-pack double feature. Two friends, two movies, two mics, and too many beers. They watch, they drink, they talk, you listen. This time, the guys watch An American Werewolf in London and try their best to enjoy Silver Bullet. ah You look awful. Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't even know if it was me that killed those people last night. I don't remember doing it. What about the zoo well even if i'm not the wolf man i'm crazy enough to do something like that I and mean, look at me here i sit in a porno theater in piccadilly circus talking to a corpse i'm actually glad to see you jack i want you to meet some people
1: david kessler this is gerald bringsley Gerald's the man you murdered on the subway. We thought it best for you not to see him, as he's a fresh kill
0: and still pretty messy. Yes, I do look most unpleasant. Why are you doing this to me? This isn't Mr. Goodman's idea. He's your good friend, whereas I am a victim of your carnivorous lunar activities. An American, American werewolf, werewolf in London. In London. Um, other than, uh, and I... Forgotten his name now. The guy that plays Jack. Griffin Dunn. Other than Griffin Dunn, I don't know any of the other players in this movie.
1: I only remember seeing David Dunn in this. And, yeah, Griffin Dunn's the only one I've seen in... Anything else. Anything else.
0: But, uh, yeah, that's sort of the... Pretty much, not the climactic scene, but that's...
1: If I've seen, like... um, One who plays uh, the nurse Alex...
0: I've seen her in something, but I can't think of what. Yeah.
1: Anyway, the only, the only other person I'm familiar with is Frank Oz. <laughs>
0: yeah, I have some good notes about him later when we get there. So, um, I forget whose turn it is. I'll take the plot on this one.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'll take the. you don't you take the plot on this one? <laughs>
0: Jack and David are uh, high school or college buddies. They. Uh,
1: are, I'm thinking college. They look they like, seem like a maybe older they you. finished high school. Maybe they even possibly finished college, but could they've be, at least finished high school and they decided to backpack through Europe.
0: They're at least old enough to be like in three in, months. Yeah, at least old enough to be in the pubs. So they're they're backpacking across what you, presumably is Europe, specifically England. Um, and they we see the movie opens up with them being dropped off at some. Um, some intersection between um ye old spooky and um Moore Street <laughs> and the shepherd drops him off, points him to the direction of East Proctor, where there's a pub where they're headed the slaughtered lamb, and he tells them to stick to the roads, stay on the moors. I would call it foreshadowing, but it's not even it's like just, hey, in case you forgot some heavy shit's gonna happen, so be ready for but it, stay away, stay away.
1: this is not.
0: Uh, so they they get to the pub and it's the old uh, record scratch it's effectively the record scratch. The weird foreigners walk into the, the pub with outside. their puffy jackets. Their puffy it's jackets. The dorks.
1: I think they're gonna drown. That's
0: what. <laughs> a jump <laughs> ship. Would you right. like a jump ship? <laughs> uh, so they've been there a bit a bit, and uh, we've 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 skipped over something. What are you drinking today?
1: Welcome to the six pack. <laughs> Double feature. We
0: did just get right into it. I didn't
1: know you were working the intro for what I was playing rather than finding anything else, and we jumped right in on it. So I'm, I'm eager uh, to get
0: to this one, but yeah, we jumped.
1: We, we didn't wade in; we jumped right into the deep end, and we're <laughs> we're
0: talking. We did not. We did not yeah. stick to the roads. We got right onto the moors. We got right Look what, the moors, look exactly. what happened. <laughs> uh, yep, I'm Travis. This is Nathan uh, six pack double feature today's uh, uh, cinema classics. American Werewolf in London, and Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Um, So when we last left, Jack and David, they were in this pub. They had started to uh, endear themselves onto the
1: the pub goers. And wonder, hey, what's that pentagram up on the wall? With all
0: the burn marks and shit on the wall, why is the wax all melted? Jack, he he asks, doesn't he? He, The curiosity gets the better of him. He asks, and they, they basically get turned out into the cold. Yeah where they're then they
1: inquire too much they wanted food which they don't serve decided on tea and then inquire a little too much push a little push too many buttons and get basically ah oh, maybe we should go
0: where they then uh, on the moors because they don't listen they yeah. don't take the old man's advice they get out onto the moors which and if you're watching the movie it's like the moon is everywhere it's like it's always in front of them yeah it's it's a cool lighting effect, but it's like well, the moon has to stop moving. It's got to be in one fixed location. At least it felt that way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this uh, better than I remembered. Um, werewolf effect attacks them. Well, the reason why
1: it's better than you remember is because you don't see a lot. Yeah. They frame everything so well that what you do see is very little, and everything else is left up to your imagination. And so that's why it works. It's kind of like the Jaws effect, the works. shark effect in Jaws. Is that you don't see it until you get to the very end, and the sure. reason why is because maybe it didn't work, or maybe it just didn't look good. And either way, leave it up to your imagination always makes it work better than like the stabbing shortcut. scene,
0: the stabbing scene in Psycho. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, uh, the The wolf attack knocks. Uh, Jack down, and Wolf just goes to town on him. David runs off, gets I don't know,
1: 50, who knows how far fifty
0: yards away. Finally, his his, his 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 panic subsides a bit, and he goes back to save his friend, who is just a pile of hamburger. Yeah. And uh, then I think it attacks David, if I remember correctly. Well, yeah,
1: it has to attack him enough to get bit. Yep. He gets bit, and then the villagers shoot. The it. villagers in the pub show up and shoot it. And then what we're left with is Jack passing out, and then we see some old, naked Dang. Englishman <laughs> who's probably about 65, covered in a little bit of blood, and it's like, oh. And
0: not any clothing. Right. Um, the uh, the implication there being that... The, not Jack, the, but David. I, David. I, I, I always the,
1: mix those yeah, two up.
0: It's going to happen, you It's going to so happen, just,
1: so if we get it wrong, um, we're sorry. Deal just with it. Save, your, save your comments. <laughs>
0: we already know we screwed up. Which the implication of that being that the the villagers knew that was gonna happen and they had wonder
1: how long that had been going on.
0: Sure well yeah, the the char
1: marks on the wall in the pub. Char marks on the wall. I love the name of the pub, the slaughtered lamb.
0: Yeah. Which is a nice it's a nod to what's actually happening. They're kind of sacrificial lambs. Absolutely. But it's that's it's good exposition. Mm -hmm. It's
1: it's it's good exposition because it's you don't realize you're being given it, and that's yeah. the perfect type of exposition. Yeah. Is, hey, by the way, in case you're wondering, these guys are going down.
0: I first saw this movie about 20, 21 years ago on Comedy Central. It's a very, 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 very light comedy. There's only a few heh, spots in it. I always wondered why Comedy Central played it. It's it.
1: There's a fine line. This movie straddles. It... Very much straddles that. I want to be a comedy, but I also want to be a horror movie. And it and it doesn't and I think it does it just well enough that people still think it's funny, but it's freaky.
0: Yeah. It's It's, more freaky than funny. It's
1: more freaky than funny, but there's a lot of good funny. It's not afterthought, oh that was kinda humorous. No, I mean it's really well written in its in its humor, but it's just kinda still Really scary. And I can imagine a lot of people thought, Oh, John Landis. He did National Lampoon's whatever this. Uh, and did that. <laughs> National I mean, Lampoon's was, Wolfman. Uh, not, was it National Lampoon's... Uh, what did he do? He did Animal House. Oh, Animal House. That's what it was. He was coming off Animal House and he was coming off Blues Brothers. Mm. And so two big comedic films, people are like, Oh, this is going to be a funny one. And they're like,
0: This is freaky. <laughs> The only thing that was really um, super funny to me—not super funny even—but it was the, uh, the bumbling sort of sergeant in the hospital. He keeps knocking stuff over. Yeah, it's very the humor in it's very British. Yes, and and I love British, especially humor. especially for
1: why. it to be written by an American. Sure.
0: Well, I'm sure I'm sure during production there were some tweaks made. But, I would imagine so too. Uh, it. Uh, yeah, it just it feels very British, and the the production values feel very British, and the locations are obviously very British because they're in England. Um, so, for for all those reasons aside, I like it as well. Sorry, didn't mean to digress, but
1: well, um, Landis when I was reading some stuff, it's like Landis was had uh, he he had written it as a horror movie only. It's just the fact that he's enough of a comedic writer. Mm. That it also played well on a humorous level, but I mean, crept, for yeah. the most part, it's just—I I mean, there's some funny, there's some funny bits, but this is this is a horror movie, and it is.
0: Yeah. Sorry, we had a uh, dog attack in here. <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly as, as bad as a werewolf, but. Um, <laughs> but no, Griffin Griffin Dunn
1: carries a majority of carries a majority of that humor that takes you away from the high level of this is
0: uh, uncomfortable. Why it's funny is because he's clearly he looks like shit. Well, <laughs> as he tells, as you heard him he say, he looked like a meatloaf. Yeah, um, <laughs> I
1: just love his transition scene. Afterwards, "I'm sorry, I called you a meatloaf." When he's changing into the <laughs> werewolf. I mean, even then, it's still like in the worst possible scenario, he still can throw in a, a humorous yeah. line in that script. It's it's quite funny.
0: But he starts uh, he starts appearing to David um, pretty quickly because David wakes up in hospital. Um, he's having he's having these dreams. He's been there for a couple weeks. We find out. Yeah. And uh, you get these really cool um, Sam Raimi esque lo fi camera running effects. Yes. Which are him dreaming, I guess. Come on, he's dreaming. He's a werewolf. Oh, he's, absolutely. He's a werewolf because he is a werewolf. Yeah. He just I'm not spoiling. Hasn't... I was trying to not. I was trying to not spoil. Well, him, but... they do a
1: good job of making you. They. Re- <laughs> I forgot that the transition happened so quickly because it's. Well, how does he jump so f- quickly in in a month's time, and then realize that he's in a coma? Like you said, he's a yeah, coma yeah. for three weeks before he's woken back before he wakes back up again. It's like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense.
0: That's why he's de-comp- decomposed.
1: Yeah, well, more so. Yeah, I think that's a little more accelerated than what I, <laughs> for, for the obvious sake. But it's it is funny that he shows up kind of bloody. Well, and it's only like a week's probably time between the first time. That Jack shows up and he's just kind of
0: a little raunchy. A little raunchy. Needs a he shows up the
1: second time you see him in green. It's in did he yeah he shows up green, decaying. Yeah, and then the the final time is in it's a puppet in the, in the porno theater. Yeah. And you he's, see you see him he's outside. skeleton. Yeah, you see him when outside as an actor
0: waving, but then you go in the theater and he's uh he's the puppet that. Uh, it's fairly verbally articulated with the jaw and everything. I mean, it's clear. for that time. It's
1: it's still. It's still, I love the look. It's
0: Yeah, it's, 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 it's in-camera, it's all yeah. prosthetic, you know, practical Nothing effects. is
1: reliant upon any after-effects that they have to do later on. Nothing
0: None. in post. Yeah. It's great. He's, he sort of appears as not a conscience for Jack, but sort of a more... I mean, of a,
1: more can a, you imagine if that was you? You're having these dreams, it's your best friend, and he keeps telling you, you need to kill yourself.
0: Yeah, Ugh. are you are you dreaming this or are you dreaming the other?
1: What's that? What's happening hey, here? You need to kill yourself before it happens. You know you need to kill yourself before it happens because once it happens, it's going to be even worse. I have to, I'm cursed to walk the, the you know the earth undead until the bloodline of the wolf is severed yep. and until it happens. And it's
0: just like yeah, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm dreaming. You dreaming? Me dreaming? You yeah. And you're, it's, you can kind of put yourself in the headspace of like, is he dreaming Jack? But so you're like, no, he's, Jack's there to him, but Jack's, Jack's there in a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. But it's actually, it's actually him. It's, it's happening. It's not, they don't, I don't, they don't really try to have the question, which is real? Is he the werewolf or is Jack not there?
1: Well, know? and I think what's What's fun about this movie is that they decide to tell you a majority of the, the mythology of the werewolf and mm-hmm. what happens and what what needs to be taken care of all in dream sequences, which carry the plot along and tell you what where it's headed, but it doesn't feel like they're hitting you over the head with it.
0: And they tell you all of this fairly quickly in the movie so you can just enjoy the rest of the ride. Right. It's all by the end of the first act. You know, you know what's what's going to happen. What the score is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I found kind of odd was that he sort of just takes up with the nurse. (laughs) That like that's sort of.
1: (laughs) Well, you got to go back unethical. If you were like,
0: I mean, if I'm if if I'm if my best friend is
1: dead, he's in. He's probably shipped back to the states. He's in the ground. So you're 21, 22, sure, and you have this pretty attractive nurse hitting on you. Oh, you i got not... nothing else to do. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm signing up. I
1: mean, I can understand. <laughs> it's, it seems odd initially, but you also have to think about the thought processes of a young 20, well, and they had 20 to, year
0: old. Above that, just for the sake of the movie, they had to keep him in London, and they had to get him, had to have him living somewhere. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it helps.
1: It's logical, but it's still kind of like, well, wow, he's just just go right in there, and I need a place to stay. And
0: he, uh, everyone thinks it uh, kind of glossed over this. Everyone thinks he was just attacked by a naked old, middle-aged British man, because that's what that's what was laying dead in the in the moor yeah. after after the he attack. Was a,
1: he was in, he was attacked by a lunatic.
0: A lunatic. But uh, only well, the villagers know. And he knows that it was a wolf, but no one... The, the doctor there in London and the nurse, they don't believe him. Because what an asinine story that is. It's that's not, that's not a thing that could really happen. Um, so yeah, they, he, he's got that working against him as well. They think he's losing his mind because of the, the, the trauma of being attacked by a lunatic and having his friend turned into but I, 160 pounds of ground chuck.
1: I think what I really like is the dreams, like the, the, what, he's, what he's seeing with his friend and knowing what's going to happen, and then all of his dreams leading him towards this werewolf. And the fact that how he relates to there's something else going on here is he's just this young kid, Jewish-American kid, and what's the first horrible nightmare that he really has is werewolf Nazis attack his family in his home. Because, I mean, and it makes sense at that, that time frame that I guess when Landis was writing it, it's like, well, how else would I relate? If I'm a, you know, young Jewish kid in the 60s when I'm writing this, what's the worst thing that can happen outside of the fact that I'm becoming a werewolf is that Nazis are coming to attack me in my house <laughs> and they're werewolves. They're Wolfenstein. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, I forgot about that that sequence. It's right. like you want to laugh and you you also want to be horrified at the same time by watching. He's like, God, this is horrible, but it's kind of
0: funny. It is funny. I don't know if it was intended to be, but it is now.
1: It, yeah, it's almost sitcommy. Yeah, it's but very, very sitcom. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, well, in
1: fact, they're sitting there watching the Muppet Show, and then of course Frank Oz shows.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a funny bit of trivia. Frank Oz is in this twice as two different characters. He's in it as. Uh, Oh, whatever his name is—the uh, U.S. Embassy representative and Mr. Collins—I have that Collins. actually pulled in my notes. And he obviously is, he, he's Miss Piggy. If you didn't know that, yeah. he's Miss Piggy, kids.
1: He's um, Fozzie Bear too.
0: Oh, he said he's a ton of the
1: Muppets. Yeah, he's a ton of Muppets, but he's Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy. That's his, his business card. His claim to fame: Fozzie, uh, Miss Piggy, and Grover. Right? I think he's Grover. Yeah, his his business card published. should say Frank Oz, and, ton
0: of Muppets, and Yoda. And Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think the pacing on this is great. Yeah, it's um, not
1: too long. It's just appropriate at about 139, 140. I think it's like about 140 it? minutes. It's so just about an hour and a half, maybe a little bit over. Yeah.
0: And the all the none of the scenes really drag on too long that I can remember. my
1: um, um, think with this is um, I didn't even put much of what doesn't work. Most of it still works in this movie, but like my first impressions Going back, uh, like my initial impressions with rewatching this movie, it's probably been a couple of years since I sat down and and watched this. It's just the tale is still so horribly tragic, yeah, and it still yeah. hits on so many different levels. Sure, because I don't know, it, it's hard. It, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's he 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 transforms all the way into this wolf, but he also really becomes kind of a man sure. at the same time yeah. and develops a real relationship and closeness with the nurse Alex. And there's obviously something there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just how that comes about at the end is just horribly tragic. He
0: gets it all. He gets it
1: just hits all of those highs and lows, but nothing feels forced. No. It's sad. It's it's kind of heartbreaking for her for him, but then there's also so much of that humor in it, and then there's also that just that horror and suspense. In it's it, a
0: good, this. like it's a good play. It's a universal movie, correct? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's universal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good twist on their on their Wolfman property. Yeah, you know, it's a nice. It was at the time a modern playing Telling. up to it. Yeah, and I haven't seen the Wolfman in, in a long time, so I can't speak to that. But no, it's just like you said. He's he's sort of a lot of people they go on those those walkabouts or those hikes uh, over Europe or wherever to kind of find themselves and come of age. And the, the irony is that's not. I mean, it leads him to what happens that that does yeah. that. But it's yeah, it's the it's his metamorphosis that uh, kind of kicks it. I and mean, he gets he gets a whole lot of life in real quick before he doesn't he doesn't get to live anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does. He gets a lot of. A lot of life lived before he dies.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything that uh, that doesn't work.
1: I mean, with me, it's like my my other impressions on it because I can't. I couldn't really fill in what doesn't work. It's just most of it does work. It's like the make effects still hold up surprisingly well yep. for from that it's almost forty years old. The werewolf transformation scene gets me every time.
0: I've I, so I've got it right here. Is every, finally David Wolf's out. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you wait for the. Yeah, it's like. It's like when you're
1: watching a movie and you want to, you know, and it has your favorite car chase scene in it, and you want to cut to the build, chase. You want to cut to the chase, but you also want to build up to it because then the, the payoff is so yeah. much better. That good build-up to get to that, yeah. Has, and it works so well. But those visual effects that Rick Baker did almost 40
0: years ago is still just it moves. It, it's again, it, it's in camera and it's practical. Well, and it's, and the it's greasy and sweaty just a little bit
1: and. Well, and when I was reading on some stuff, it's like Landis was like, I wanted to do a werewolf trans uh, a transformation scene that, w- had, that wasn't cut. He wanted it uncut. That wasn't going to happen. But he wanted as many... He wanted as least amount of cuts as possible. Sure. And he wanted it in harsh, bright light. He didn't want it in the shadows. He wanted it to be seen. And it so works. It's just every time the camera cuts away, he's got more hair mm-hmm. first you see it growing then it's just more hair more hair and his body is standing and his hands extending but when his face and his teeth and oh,
0: okay. no. ugh <laughs> another movie that does that pretty well is Teen Wolf <laughs> Uh, it's not as good, but it's... I was a
1: werewolf movie. I grew up watching as a kid. Me too.
0: <laughs> and everybody hates on it, but I don't. Maybe remember.
1: one day we'll review. Uh,
0: we should have done. We should have done American Werewolf in London and, and Team Teen Wolf. God, that would have
1: been good. so much better. That's a good that werewolf one movie. Is, That one's well. Here's the thing. That one is very nostalgic in a good manner. Maybe Silver Bullet would have been that way if I had grown up watching.
0: So um, yeah, the doctor finally, for some reason. Sort of susses out that that's the lunatic story is is false. Yeah. And uh, what what is actually going on? So he goes to kind of f- to figure it out, and he he's sort of on the case. And in the meantime, David is wolfed out, and he goes on a rampage and just mauls and then wakes six, up.
1: Yeah, six like six people, six people and then wakes up in the zoo in the pen with. Lions? Some more wolves. Wolves, yeah, wolves. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, for some reason yes, I had lions. Old, like, you see the lions yeah, first, and then you, you see the fencing and the bars pulled back some, and he's like, <laughs> that naked man stole my
0: balloons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that naked
0: American or whatever. That naked American naked stole my balloons. My balloons. <laughs> um, which brings me to, because then... Uh, I give you a pound... Shortly, give you two pounds. <laughs> Shortly after that, uh, Jack comes to visit him again, and um, is that when he's
1: final That's when he's full decomposure. Yeah, he's teeth showing in the porno. They're theater. not in
0: the porno theater yet. This is the third and next to last time. So he's super gross looking now. He's he's still David or he's still Griffin. Dunn.
1: Oh, that's right. He sees him and walks in. He leads him into the theater. <laughs> yeah, it's like. The, once he realizes and sees him one more time yeah. is when
0: he's this is the one full one
1: we're, on to jack yeah.
0: this is uh, in the apartment after he's killed the people and they're out in the the, the living room talking jack uh not not jack uh, david presumably just stark naked cuz he's he's just been in bed with the nurse so he just goes out to the living room with his dead zombie best friend uh but delivers my favorite uh, line of dialogue he says uh, <laughs> again Jack says you need to kill yourself David says what do I need a silver bullet or something and Jack gets pissed and he's like oh
1: would you be serious <laughs> yes Mike's probably in the same conversation because my favorite line is David you're hurting my feelings hurt your hurting your feelings has it occurred to you that it might be unsettling to see you arise from the grave to visit me <laughs>
0: But again, the humor is so subtle, right? It's just they don't. It's that's that's why it's good. It doesn't. It they doesn't. They underplay it. Yeah, they don't hang the joke out there and go, yeah. "Hey, did you see the joke?" It's pointing at the joke. See the joke? That's why it's 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 played. It's like you said, it's underplayed, and they move right on, and it's it it plays well. If I had a magic wand, and it's just just me being a glutton, it would just be more Griffin done. Just a, yeah. another scene or two with him. Yeah, I can see that.
1: Uh, my magic wand was uh, to change one thing. It's just because the film is filled with so many pop songs, mm-hmm. is that the score is hardly heard. And Landis got Elmer Bernstein, the guy who like scored movies for like the Magnificent Seven and The Great Escape, oh, wow. to write the score to this film. But I couldn't point out going that's the score from American Werewolf in London. All I know, all I can come to mind are moon titled songs from the 60s.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, I, and I, that's the only thing that I would change. And it still works. It's just. A little, little campier. Maybe. It, it makes it not as heavy. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling maybe. I mean, Landis, um, I think Landis said that his whole plan was is the transformation scene was going to be in harsh lightning with as many for as least amount of cutaways as possible and the music was going to be the song uh, blue moon mm-hmm. yeah and so and I think it's blue moon that is played
0: I, I thought blue moon was at the end and it was it uh... plays
1: in several different versions of it. okay I think it okay. plays in either two or three different versions okay because I think it opens with some
0: maybe it ends on bad moon rising I think it uh, no
1: on... bad moon rising is playing while he's waiting in the apartment he starts pacing yeah and then he's sitting down and reading, and then Blue Moon hits. And then okay. Blue Moon is played in more of the doo-wop... Uh... Mm-hmm. That's, that's at the end, but it's a different version playing when he transforms.
0: It's a slower version. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's probably the potentially the original <laughs> there's like the, the end credit ones is the Shauna version at first until I did more research I was like was the porno title see you next Wednesday a play on see you next Tuesday yeah and I thought that's what it was I did, I did too uh, until I researched a little more and realized that see you next Wednesday is a recurring gag in most of the films directed by John Landis usually referring to a fictional film that is rarely seen and never in its entirety. In each instance of "See You Next Wednesday," is Landis's film in Landis's films <clears throat> seems to be a completely different type of movie. It just happens to be a porno in American Werewolf. Huh. And
0: <laughs> I did not. That's cool. Toward the end, uh, the very ending scene, which we won't get to yet, but the the lighting reminds me of Superman. um, yeah, Richard Donner, Superman, uh-huh. one and two. I can see that. Yeah, I've also uh-huh. got in here. Dude looks like Stallone and Stallone's kid and Ross from Friends. Which guy? David.
1: Oh, okay. David
0: looks like a cross between Stallone.
1: Stallone, if he, if Stallone and uh, Ross, and uh, yeah, Ross had a child. It would be David Kessler. Uh, what was another the, the ending, is so perfectly abrupt. Mm hmm. It's like what, what I, else? I hate it and I love it at the same time. Yeah. It's like I want more, but on the other hand, the way it just you see him, now he's laying there nude, kinda bloody. And then it boom. That's it. And then it's credits. And yeah. then you got Shannon or whatever. What,
0: <laughs> what else like I, I feel the same way. What else What else could happen? What, so we follow you don't her, know. Yeah, yeah We follow her back to the place. She's got some explaining to do because she... And then
1: she, she is more depressed. Yeah. You know, and she's more sad and melancholy. And well, that would work, but it would shift that tone yeah, too much. it's not a movie way. I want to watch. Um, still hold up? I think it's still holds. Oh, up. absolutely. I, I, have, I mean, there's like one or two things where it's like, oh, that... Every once in a while now you can see... I, the hand sticks out a little bit more for me. The stretching? When he's standing and it's stretching and you see him and the skin tone looks a little bit different. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, it's really... Everything that he goes through, you've seen the spine... up here the bones crack yeah. and extend It's just like... Uh, uh, I mean... You know, it just... <laughs> that really made makes a mark look. on you, man. It does. Every time. It's so effective... Um. What else did I have in here? Oh, that's that was funny. This is during a preview of the film. The Marquis said, "From the director of Animal House." Because of this, many people in the audience thought they were seeing a comedy. Reportedly, people ran out of the theater when they discovered it was a <laughs> horror film because they were frightened.
0: That's what. That's what was so confusing to me because, like I said, it, it was introduced to me. I knew. It, I knew it existed, but I never gravitated toward it. I, the first time it was, I saw it advertised, and then I saw it on Comedy Central. Yeah, and I was like, "This isn't funny. Like, it's funny, but like, but there's, it's funnier than most of any horror movie usually
1: that's out there. And I think that's the reason why people think that they can label it as a comedy
0: when, in fact, it's not. I think people almost don't know how to label it. because yeah. I mean, you could call well, it horror, but it's not really... Most, studio, most studios rejected the script
1: or turned it down because they said it's either too funny to be a horror or too scary to be a comedy. I think the other piece of dialogue that I really enjoyed was like, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> and Alex says, are you all right? I don't know. I'll let you know the next full moon. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just so stupid, but it's so on the nose. Uh, if you could make one change, that would I would probably try to add a little more of the score into it. I don't know, possibly that that would be the only thing. Like I said before, because of who wrote the score, but I mean, does it still hold up? Like you said,
0: yeah. I, I yeah. There's not. There's uh, more Griffin done. That's all I would change. <laughs> more Griffin done. But it's not needed. It's not. It's not needed. No. It's a the that's and really more Griffin good. more Griffin done when he's actually in a prosthetic, not the. Not the live action. <laughs> yeah, not the not the. You the, kind of thing. not okay. the puppet. Uh, what's interesting to note about him too is it's okay. Like he's he clearly doesn't feel any of that right. anymore. So it's it's okay to laugh at him because he's not feeling that pain anymore. That right of being shredded up. Of course, he's got a different kind of pain. I guess the eternal torment of walking around, merry old England, looking like that <laughs> until. Till Ross Geller's kid realizes he's he's got to kill himself. Well,
1: and I think the way they the way Landis shot this movie very clean. Well, very clean, and everything's really creative, especially on that first night that he transforms and goes and kills. And like the way the camera moves, especially in the subway scene, is one of my favorite scenes, is because of that that dolly shot mm-hmm. of just zooming in and he's running and then the guy gets on the escalator so desperately and throws kind of his briefcase and it opens and papers everywhere and he slowly starts moving up and then they have that really high long shot and you see the werewolf just kind of step into frame just for a split second front quarters yeah yeah just the front quarters you realize how big it kind of is but you can't really tell
0: Kind of Kubricky.
1: Yeah, and I love that shot. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just
0: well, it's a, every it's a, time. It's very, very well framed and symmetrical, and mm-hmm. shows the scope of it. No, I, I don't think we disagree about anything on this movie.
1: <laughs> my, my final thought was. There's a very fine line, a delicate balance that a director needs to straddle when releasing a horror comedy film. John Landis sets the bar so high here that there are very few since this film's release that have ever even come close to hitting the same mark. Maybe Shaun of the Dead, and it's still a different vein in the horror comedy It's still funnier. It's a comedy horror rather than a horror comedy. But there are scenes, like in Shaun of the Dead, that we may discuss later in another episode where we choose to pair this with something. But there's some scenes that make me go, ugh, like in a zombie movie, because it's that realistic. And that's what this one does, too. Like, noted for its groundbreaking special effects makeup that catapulted Rick Baker's career, the film also portrays the likes of male puberty in an entirely different light and the changes one might go through if one becomes a werewolf.
0: (laughs) So you've decided to become a werewolf. Yeah.
1: This isn't a film I can recommend to just anyone, but those who are willing to endure it will notice the creative directorial achievements of Landis and letting the audience see the beast as little as possible, specifically like in the subway scene, like we talked about before, as well as the epic and highly coordinated car crash finale that almost comes out of nowhere. Like, what the... F is going on. Yeah. It's so chaotic but perfectly chaotic. Yeah. Um, although werewolves were not rare to the silver screen, Landis's film is a landmark in cinematic history. I don't think hope. so.
0: I yeah. It's I think it stands alone as you know, it's it's one I I don't watch all the time. It's around Halloween. It's a great movie to watch. And I'm with you on Rick Baker. He's just, he's, I won't say he's at his pinnacle because it's the one that got him there, but it's like, that's what this dude starts with. That's where he's, that's where he's coming from. What else can he do? And the story, I think, is airtight. And, uh, <laughs> but just like Superman, you get an odd sequel several years later, implying the fruition of the werewolf nut to steal a line from you.
1: <laughs> the werewolf nut? Um, I usually don't watch it every year, but I usually watch it. Just just in
0: October, I yeah. watch. I'm not usually
1: a... I don't. I usually fill most of my October with more on the freakier, scarier side, but it was kind of weird watching this in the middle of July. <laughs> it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but definitely not as weird as its counterpart in this episode.
1: Yeah, so when uh, we come back... If uh, you haven't left the theater already (laughs) Because the double feature is a little too late And you don't want to sit around and watch Silver Bullet But those who endure will find out how horrendously
0: Bad a werewolf movie can be We'll be right back
1: It began in May And every month after that Whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Bullet, the Last Glimmering Hope
0: If that's our last glimmering hope uh, Heaven help us <laughs> Yeah Insofar as I have switched from uh, Coors Silver Bullet to Bullet Bourbon <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah For me it's just Another Silver Bullet
0: Silver Bullet baby I've been, I need to preface this I love Stephen King. I'm, I'm one of those folks that call him Uncle Stevie. The master of horror. Indeed. He's seriously one of the most prolific writers of the last, what, 50 years? He's 30. 30, 40 years? Yeah. Um, his stories in, in, in book form are so, they're great. They're just...
1: They're perfect, except when it comes to an ending, most of the time.
0: His endings are weird. Regardless of They're great, they're great all his But he's a he's a great writer. He's a great his stories are great and they're compelling. They do end a little weird. I don't understand how so few of them translate to movie.
1: Yet since the eighties, actually technically since the seventies, so many have been translated to a two hour movie on average. Rarely have they been
0: good. The ones, the the stories of his that do work, as we were talking earlier, um, they're almost always his short stories. Almost always not horror. Almost always not horror. Carrie isn't bad, but it's a different
1: type of movie to begin with. That's almost like it was.
0: It was an early story too. It was one of his. It was an early
1: story like The Shining. Both of those are decent horror movies, but they're so indicative of the type of director that took those projects yeah, yeah. that they're more like that's a Brian De Palma film when it comes to Carrie. Yeah. That's a Stanley Kubrick film when it comes to yeah. the Shining.
0: Don't get me but, started on the Shining. I'm one of those few people that I, I don't like Kubrick's version of the Shining. I like the bad cheesy T V movie. Made for T V movie with the guy from Wings things. and Rebecca De Mornay. I
1: don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, you can borrow it.
0: <laughs> I'll
1: hand the DVD off to you before you leave today. It's, uh,
0: <laughs> I, I like. I just. There are exceptions, but typically I like movies that are made from source material and it doesn't deviate much. I, I just. I think it's. How, how can you say that you can record Sgt. Pepper better than the Beatles? It, I have a hard time, and it's just me. I think, in, in, to a, a large degree, but. I don't want to hear your interpretation of it. I just want you to put it on celluloid and I want to see the shining happen and from the like the way it is in the book, I want that to be on the movie screen. You can get whatever actor you want to do it, but I don't know. That's me. I'm just I'm, am I communist? Am I fascist? I don't know.
1: No, it I I I've read enough Stephen King that I know that I agree with you on most of those levels that All of the books that I've read that have been brought to screen work better if they are not a horror movie. I think it just doesn't encapsulate enough of the character development that he creates and the world that he creates just doesn't work as well to translate into...
0: His horror stuff is okay in miniseries.
1: Miniseries are always better with character development or tv series in general or miniseries because you have more time yeah you don't have a time when you have 90 to 120 minutes and you just can't get to know that character well enough and i think that's wordy
0: he's wordy he takes a long way around to really get you to know character in a place and, and stuff like that
1: but it's like when i was talking to lisa before she's like oh. Oh, it's one of my childhood. I don't know if she said childhood favorites. I thought she may have said that. Maybe she didn't, but she's asking my childhood movies. I'm like, childhood movies? This is kind of messed up. This is an R-rated, like, werewolf movie. And, and this is before. This is just after it started. And she maybe had gotten up and about ready to head to bed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? Okay. And I was like, well, no, I saw it maybe when I was junior high. And I saw it a few times. So this is one of the ones I kind of, sort of, grew up with in that time
0: you frame. you did
1: not me oh Lisa you. okay and so I was like oh okay because I maybe have seen this once maybe I'm not sure I kind of know the plot points
0: but yeah I, I I knew just from reading other Stephen King stuff and reading about him that I know generally what it is and I know that being a Stephen King's story I know some of the themes that are going to be there just because it's Stephen King there's going to be an alienated kid. Which in this movie, it's Corey Haim. Or moreover, it's his poor sister who has to deal with, with his antics and his bullshit.
1: Well, what's funny is the fact that it's not like he's a difficult kid. No, not at well. all. But she's really bitchy about her brother who's handicapped. Who's quadru- <laughs> paraplegic. He's quadriplegic. That'd be the amazing movie that this would be yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He fights the world parable- with mind bullets.
1: But he's, parap- he's paraplegic and it's just like he gets favoritism and I guess it's the older sister and the younger brother and... She's got to help out with him because she's got to help out because you do. he's well, he's handicapped and or he's disabled or whatever politically correct term you want to use. But either way, he needs assistance. He needs a hand. And here and she's there. stuck with doing that, and so that's why there's this resentment. And I don't really see it because he's not.
0: He oh, drops he's, a snake in her hair, man Does he? He and Brady I guess you remember this is, a little more than what which I Which is odd because you saw the whole movie And, this, and you only saw it until Half
1: When you half fell asleep. asleep
0: This turd put me to sleep
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please go through the scenario of what caused you not to finish this movie <laughs> You watched it on the night or the night before Full Moon so, Which was kind of funny I, I've actually dug that up One, Hey! It'd be kind of funny. You got. I individual. decided,
0: in the true sense of the name of this show, six pack double feature. I would have some drinks and I would watch American Werewolf in London and Silver Bullet, all in the same night, Friday night, the night of a full moon. What? What more could? Man, what a great Friday night. My wife was working late, so I had the house to myself, and you know the the Sandman got me because I watched the good movie first. Uh huh. And then you should
1: have left before the second one I, what started. I, what, I, what I should have
0: done was watch Silver Bullet first, because that's the one I had to rent from Amazon for 24 hours, because, again, if a movie is, is poopy, I typically don't own it. And I don't own this when I rented it. I had a 24-hour window to watch it, and I thought, ah, watch it. I watched it. Well, most of it. Took my notes as as what you best could. I could, <laughs> meager. Um, what, do you got a page and a half? I've got I've got my full four pages here, but there's some it's scant. It's it's pretty scant. Um, I think enough that I this might be my laziest uh, (laughs) entry yet, but I'll 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 persevere. Uh, I fell asleep and didn't have enough time the next day to watch it. I had some yard work to do and some. We went to go uh, see some friends, and by the time I got back, I had missed the window. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not paying another $4 to watch this crap. <laughs> it That's was, pretty much how you texted
1: me. You're like, I'm not paying another $4 to watch this piece I could crap. afford the $4, but... I'd if, just rather use it somewhere
0: I'd, else. I'd rather... I think I think I got the gist of this movie from the parts that I did see. I don't know if you knew, so. but there is a werewolf in the movie. I did see it. Okay. I did see it because that's one of my notes. My note is and I knew this, but my note is literally the minister is the werewolf. Oh, he, oh. he would put the evil inside the holy man. And that's nothing to do that's with the a movie. Stephen that's King. Stephen that's King. King. That's Stephen King. If you've to do with read The, movie,
1: the but... Mist, if you've seen The Mist, there's and there's other movies, but that one specifically comes out that Stephen King is in a lot of ways, sometimes very anti-religion, and, and yeah. he almost, in a lot of ways, takes the most religious and/or conservative person that's in their community, and they become the either they become the direct villain or they become an antagonist in the storyline, an line. agent of the villain. Yeah, yeah. So that's not uncommon for his work, but <laughs> I saved some clips. We can you could listen to some clips if you. <laughs> I did like that because I have best of, I have the chase sequence because I'm sure you missed that. And I have the finale already technically to queue up at some point, just so you know where we're at. Because what I missed? Even the chase scene is, is we can watch Marty wish he had legs and then almost get mowed down by their town's priest in the car wearing an eye patch. Didn't I he? Said... Was... No, it was
0: his wife in Twin Peaks that wore an eye patch, wasn't it? Nadine?
1: <laughs> yes, it yeah. was. How funny. I didn't even make that connection that uh, Big Eds,
0: Big Ed wore an eye patch in
1: this <laughs> one. <movie. laughs> his wife. But his wife had an eye patch when he. Is it Nadine? Got the wrong... I think it's Nadine.
0: Yeah. Have you watched the new Twin Peaks at all, by the way? No, I don't have Showtime. Oh, okay.
1: I'll probably um, watch it once all of the episodes are available at some
0: point. I'm, but... I'm one episode in and it's. We, there's a David Lynch season of this show No, oh, no,
1: no, it's not just a David Lynch it's, There's going to be a David Lynch slash Cronenberg season of this show And the, we're lucky the if we David. survive this season We're lucky after if we watching.
0: keep any listeners after that <laughs> You know what's
1: funny is David Cronenberg actually directed another Stephen King uh, adaptation called The Dead Zone Which is actually not bad
0: The first movie or the show? The first movie with
1: uh, Walken And, oh, yeah, I've and seen I that. wrote yeah, yeah, yeah. that down possibly put it into the season I just don't know what to
0: pair. I know Eric say. Coyle would listen to that season <laughs> he might be the only person Eric if you're listening please keep us afloat the coach from the first scene is the coach from Major, Major League, League. Is, is beheaded by a werewolf presumably <laughs> action uh, and then I've got typical Stephen King small town apple pie and parades on the surface Malice and ugliness just underneath.
1: Okay, yeah. So yeah, the movie stars Gary Busey as Uncle Red. As you got Everett it? McGill or Big Ed from Twin Peaks as the Reverend, Corey Haim as the paraplegic, and his sister Jane, uh, who is played by someone I don't know. We got uh, Locke from Lost as the sheriff, <laughs> Terry O'Quinn. Um, we have uh, the manager from Major League, James Gammon as Arnie. <laughs> Uh, Lawrence Tierney, or also known as Joe from Reservoir Dogs, as the uh, owner oh, of yeah. the bar.
0: Elaine's dad from Seinfeld.
1: And uh, let's not forget Corky's dad from Life Goes On is also in this movie as Bill, uh, as Andy uh, Fairton. I don't remember him. He's got the big sideburns. He's the one that owns the sporting goods store. okay. If you saw his face again, you go... Oh, okay, I kind of know that,
0: but yeah, Corky's Oh, yeah, dead. yeah, I remember him Oh, that's the
1: first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, hey. I, I remember him now,
0: yeah. <laughs> Dad. I couldn't remember what I'd seen him in.
1: That's Quirky's
0: um, Dad. I think you need to make a correction there. Gary Busey uh, stars as Gary Busey in oh, this movie. Oh, but his
1: name in the movie is called Uncle
0: Brad. Just because they didn't want to pay him extra for playing himself?
1: No, they probably paid him a little... More.
0: That scene when he's sitting on the couch and he's just drinking wild turkey straight out of the bottle and he's half through the bottle. That's like that he's was,
1: he's probably just waiting for them to say. Yeah, actually he, did, he didn't
0: know the camera was on. He's just
1: It's it's pre, when look, it's pre motorcycle, so at least he's still semi understanding. Lucid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna take the plot on this one too. I'm gonna anyway.
1: take the plot because I'm not gonna break it all the way down. But this is it. The small sleepy town of Tarker's Mill Tarkers Mill. Could there be any other town that sounded more like uh, a Grover's, town? That Grover's has, Corners. Boy, it just sound It's so Stephen King. All if all you've read me. enough Stephen King, Tarkers Mill sounds very much like any other small town in Maine. Very. So the small sleepy town of Tarkers Mill is being terrorized by a maniacal killer. As townsfolk begin to fall victim to this killer, the murders go unsolved, causing civil unrest. Marty. Kosla, the most New England last name ever, (laughs) Kosla, our protagonist, who is a young paraplegic boy riding around on a motorized wheelchair called the Silver Bullet, believes that the murders aren't the results of a maniacal killer, but a monster, possibly a werewolf. No one truly believes him until he has a run-in with the werewolf himself. With the aid of his sister Jane and his deadbeat, drunk uncle Red, <laughs> they will reveal who this werewolf is and
0: hunt him down. What if it's a family of really bad animatronic it's just werewolves?
1: It's just one. Well, wow. and it's not an animatronic werewolf as much as an animatronic black bear. Black were bear. <laughs> black were bear. Because <laughs> the full shots that you see in the family, it looks like a bear.
0: It's that's the difference between. And that between... really
1: pissed off uh the big producer in this
0: he didn't want this. to see it either
1: no he wanted the, to go it landis? was a bear it looked like a bear Stephen King and I think the director said that they wanted the werewolf to look less like a werewolf less specific oh yeah and Dino De Laurentiis, or I think it was the yeah, it was, was the money man and producer for Deano this film and he was Pissed, and he did not like this werewolf. I'm like, well, that's because it looked like it wasn't a bear. It, was it, like, it
0: looked to me like it, it looked
1: like it wasn't a werewolf. It looked like a friggin' bear.
0: It looked more like T-Rex, the Titans, the Tennessee Titans mascot to me, only but but dirty, with black fur and dirty. <laughs> yeah, so I
1: have some of my notes were so. Before getting promoted to the manager of the Cleveland Indians, Arnie was a drunk who worked at the rail yard in Tarkers Mill. <laughs> there were two incidences in this movie specifically that reminded me of Jaws. Does anything stick out to you before I tell you what they are? Now, now I know you can't go back and go, man, Come well, on, let's see if we can go re-rent this movie.
0: Honestly, the more we sit here and talk about it, I'm, I'm, I'm considering... even more? No, I'm considering renting it again and trying to watch it <laughs> through different eyes. Uh, and, and I may, but... Number uh, one, of the I two
1: can't. things that specifically make you think of it, there's a, there's a camera crane lift over the town square. With the Sousa-esque music playing and summer's in the air,
0: mm, yeah,
1: and it's summertime or the end of spring or whatever. Very Jaws Fourth of July-like.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, second time is when the town gathers together to go out and seek private justice. <laughs> and no, not private justice is not you know someone who's on leave who's in the military. They want to seek out private justice because apparently the sheriff's uh, department has not solved the crimes of
0: they don't want you whoever's out been there
1: killing people.
0: Don't be out there killing just yeah. quadrupedal animals. Yeah.
1: Well, it feels that town, the town coming together, just feels like another scene stolen from Jaws, and it's it's like Jaws on land. Small town summertime, something threatening the way of life in the small town of Tarkers Mill. Now all they need to do. Is leave out the holiday roast to catch the maniacal killer, <laughs> because everybody gets together and it's like she put out the ad in a Field Stream. You see the license plates, you know, from Jaws. I mean, it's like they all go out and then they find this one field that's perfectly filled with fog that goes up to your waist,
0: and it's well lit, and it's well lit. That's, what, fellas, this is where we make our scene right here. <laughs>
1: Uh, the POV of the werewolf on the hunt was very reminiscent of Halloween. Specifically when...
0: I don't when, remember that part.
1: When the werewolf hit up the uh, the lady who got pregnant.
0: I do have the a little bit about the wayward mom to be.
1: But one of the lines was, It may be your oven, but it ain't my bun. That, that initially was my favorite line from the movie.
0: I don't know if I have a favorite line.
1: Uh, with... Of course you can't.
0: I, I don't have a favorite line. No,
1: I got a favorite line, but I'll get to it in a minute. My
0: favorite line is replaced by my goal, which my goal was to never watch this movie again, sober or straight.
1: <laughs> now you need to go back and re-change your goal to finish watching the movie first before never watching it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, let's see here. Yeah, the POV... Very much like Halloween, especially when he's on the hunt <coughs> for uh, the uh, pregnant, unmarried lady. Mm-hmm. And then I was sitting there. Oh, that's a gas-powered wheelchair. That's pretty ingenious. Oh wait, the silver bullet is his wheelchair. The film's title
0: now has a double meaning.
1: Oh, I get.
0: Was it that? Was it? Was he, that the name of it in the book as well?
1: Uh, from I don't know. I didn't read the short story. But what I read about the short story was all it was is that he was paraplegic. It didn't specifically mention anything about having a powered See, I wheelchair. feel like that's very 80s-ified. That's He like probably... I took... Well, Stephen King adapted this into the screenplay. So he wrote the short story, the novella. Mm-hmm. He also wrote the screenplay. So he changed it. So he made... Steven. <laughs> uncle Red and uh, Marty have their little, you know, they're playing cards and he's telling jokes and cutting up and he's bonding with his uncle. And well, his uncle's a deadbeat, but his uncle still has a good heart. And then after the end of that scene, you know, you know, mom and uncle kind of get into it about... You know, every time, every time you come here for a month or three weeks or a couple weeks and then you leave and you're gone for a while because apparently Uncle Red can't keep a job and he likes to drink. It's pretty much how it is. It's Gary Busey. Yeah, it's Gary Busey. (laughs) It wasn't a stretch. But they put Marty in this lift. That goes up the stairs, you know. Like you, in Gremlins? Like in Gremlins. I was about to go there and you beat me to it. Like in Gremlins, except that it hadn't been a with the Gremlins and go <laughs> and out the window. So, yeah, I just take it. I'm like, that's got to be expensive. How in the world are they affording this? Why do they just not have a room for Marty downstairs? Or
0: why doesn't someone just carry him upstairs? <laughs> or someone carry him
1: upstairs. Uh, Uncle Red could have easily done it, let alone the I'm not dad letting, I'm, was very odd. I'm
0: not letting Uncle Red carry Uncle
1: Red. Any, is
0: any All right. Any member of my family carry Carry any member of my family anywhere?
1: The other thing that was odd in this is that uh there were four it took four deaths before <laughs> you saw a funeral so after the so I put down here, so only after the fourth death does the town suddenly feel the need to have, a ta- uh, ta- to have a funeral. So I guess the town drunk, the pregnant and unmarried woman, and the town douchebag weren't
0: worthy of one of these? He's, he's killed the, uh, what did I say? I don't know. The ne'er-do-well father of What's-His-Nut's girlfriend. <laughs> yes.
1: I don't even know if that was his girlfriend. That's
0: when the town goes all curfew.
1: Right. After he dies, no, but the town doesn't really go curfew like crazy, and then want private justice until Brady gets and, turned into Brady. strawberry jello. Right, like you said, your last note is that what it was? Brady no, gets that's turned the... into strawberry
0: jello. My last note was. Brady's like,
1: I like my kite. I'm gonna stay <laughs> yeah. out longer.
0: you'll, you'll regret jello. that, Charlie Brown. Uh, yeah, he gets all turned into strawberry jello, and his dad says something that I've written down that I can't. I can't read, to be honest with you. It looks like it says... Mmm, I don't remember him. He was at the window shouting. That sounds amazing. It wasn't, because it was in this movie. Did you see the dream sequence? Mm, this is like no. foreshadowing,
1: pretty much. I can't remember how far into the deaths, but it's. I think it's after Brady, so I think you were asleep by then. I was, yeah. But there's a dream sequence, and at first you don't realize it's a dream sequence, and it's just a funeral. And then you see everybody singing amazing grace and they're all doing this and i'm like why in the world are they swaying so much at this funeral singing amazing grace and then i realize that then it turns into a dream sequence where the reverend is preaching about something and it's not a funeral and then everybody in the congregation starts changing into werewolves and then the Reverend wakes up. Whoa!
0: Oh, because he's having his little.
1: <sighs> and then you realize. I bet you.
0: Metamorphosis. Yeah, dreams. and
1: anybody who has uh, common sense would go. I bet you the Reverend's the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: the. That's when I wrote the. The minister is the wolf. <laughs> uh,
1: another odd thing was is like, this kid specifically Marty, gets around. A lot for someone who literally cannot walk, specifically climbing up trees and out of his second-story window down from his bedroom. It just seems implausible. At what
0: point? Sure, it's plausible. I mean, at what point does he realize the wolf is the minister? At what point does the minister realize he realizes he's the wolf?
1: Well, what happened?
0: What had happened is what had happened was uh,
1: at some point there's a there's there's a transgression of time. The original story starts in like January or New Year's Eve, and goes to New Year's Eve, and there's a progression of time. Each month, there's a death. Gotcha. And that death, of course, happens when there's a full moon.
0: Because the minister won't kill himself.
1: Well, and he he doesn't have any dreams. He doesn't have a friend. He doesn't have a friend like Jack
0: to turn up every now and (laughs) And again. Hey, take your life. Remind him. Work. I know you're Catholic and all. But you're also a werewolf. And that is not Those orthodox. Those
1: kind of don't go together. No. So what happens, right after he gets his fantastic new renovated, rebuilt,
0: what I like to new call it, silver bullet, what I like to call it. I like to call it the 68 hate machine.
1: Yeah, his gas powered, um, he gets the new gas powered silver bullet that's made by Uncle Red which I would be scared to drive because it's made (laughs) by a drunk. But he gets his new one. They cancel, because of everybody dying, they cancel the fireworks show and the carnival and everything. But Uncle Red, before he leaves, gives him, Hey, I made you this new fantastic silver bullet. Mach 2. Mach 2. And here's a box of... Fireworks. So that, that night, I remember that. So that night, he climbs down with his two arms and legs that don't work from second story down the lattice or whatever. And then I guess he conveniently parked his
0: 68 hate machine, <laughs> right?
1: His uh, gas powered wheelchair right by his window outside. And he goes out to a bridge over a little stream or oh, lake yeah. or pond or I remember, whatever I and lights well. off a bunch of fireworks. Yep, I remember that. And then the werewolf is out because apparently it's a full moon.
0: He's out cruising.
1: He's out cruising looking for his next kill. And it comes across Marty and goes, ooh, easy kill. He shoots off a, a rocket, oh, uh, a yeah. bottle rocket or whatever into his eye, into his eye. Yep. He gets away. And so now he enlists his sister, who's now magically believes him that there's something going on. You got to go around town and find out. Who who's missing, ha- who's missing an eye? Because that's who our werewolf is, and so she goes around collecting cans or bottles or both to collect for some type of charity or something. I remember that as well. And looks around, and everybody's looking. Of course, they play. Everything's played super dramatic, and people sitting at the bar trying to collect cans and bottles, and I think it's just cans. But anyway, and everybody just does the. There's three or four people all kind of lined up, and you see their shoulders, and everybody slowly turns around. Oh, they got two eyes. Oh, they got two eyes. And of course, where does she deposit them all? The church. At the church. And who is missing an eye?
0: The reverend at oh, the I was, church. I was going to say the deacon. You didn't give me a chance to guess. Sorry. Deacon Jones.
1: It was Deacon it was Jones missing the eye. Football No, player. and so that's how they find out it's the reverend.
0: Captivating. <laughs> I remember, I, this is more like a, a regressive therapy session than it is... Uh, you're pulling more out. Your yeah, you're, you're making me remember more. Damn what you! you watched you're making and you're... me remember more! Um, if I had a magic wand and I could change anything about this, it would, would be. You need to watch it
1: when you're awake?
0: No. Uh, shy of what you said uh, in an earlier episode about just burning the script and walking away slowly.
1: To uh, make sure it burns? To make sure someone doesn't run in and. <laughs> Stamp
0: on it first, you know, and I don't want to tell the script to hang itself because it might screw up and, and cause itself pain. Uh, a, a complete uh, right rehaul of this movie, um, or just don't make it at all. It's it's just it, it fails yeah. like it's it's not grand enough in in its in its uh, cinematography to have that bigness that I think a, war, a werewolf, a yeah, werewolf movie. It's very, big...
1: it's very narrow in scope and how you kind of look at the story.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel—it's—it's it's not as—it doesn't feel as big as it should. It feels like you said, closed in. It's—it's it's not American Werewolf in, in London is—is yeah. it's—is it's major downfall. The
1: craft. It's lacking in that.
0: It's it, it it either needs to be very classy or cheesy, and it fails to be either one.
1: Yeah. What I put here is what doesn't work. The film feels like there's no drive for almost an hour. Yep. Yes, there are fresh kills for the first 60 minutes, but outside of Marty no one knows the cause. They don't even reference that the deaths are occurring during a full moon. At least I don't recall this at all when I watched it. It says the town is is irritated at best until the boy Brady dies. Well, yeah, they and kill then, him the then everybody's boy. pissed. Yeah. And then what doesn't work? The werewolf looks more like a black bear. <laughs> <laughs> it just apparently in the in the book or in the novella the werewolf was said to snarl in nearly human words, and the werewolf was supposed to speak in the original screenplay, but they
0: took that out, so as to make it maybe kind of interesting. Yeah, um, you know what I think it is. I think it's it's one of those like Goonies. Think you were talking about your wife having watched it at a younger age, mm-hmm. and. Goonies is like that. I I never saw Goonies as a kid. I saw it half of it later, and I was like, "This is stupid. It's not."
1: You don't have the. I don't have that in the, nostalgia. the child, Yeah, that history yeah, and that's I remember' You're right.
0: And it's not. It doesn't. It's not good enough in any other way to for me to appreciate it at an older age, which is hard for me to say because sad. Because clearly Stephen King is going to listen to this. and Go oh, if you know anything about Stephen King, yeah, makes, Stephen King would, said, Listen, to this and go, Those sons of bitches are right. <laughs>
1: it was
0: horrible. <laughs> I was gonna say he would tweet incessantly about it, right? He does that
1: too. He's busy uh, tweeting about Trump. So, did you know who the original director was? I don't know who the actual director was. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> why don't you well, tell I, me both? <laughs> okay, well, the, uh, this is his only feature film. This guy who directed this movie, uh, Dan Adius or uh, I don't know, A-T-T-I-A-S, Dan
0: Addius, I know that
1: Based on Cycle of the Werewolf, which was the name of the novella. But what was really odd is that King asked that the werewolf be ambiguous, plain, and hard to see in contrast to the hokey monster scene in other werewolf films and books in the early to mid-1980s, with the end result being, <laughs> being a creature which looked more like a black bear than anything else and didn't really have any identifying characteristics. And, of course, that's what pissed off Dino De Laurentiis. <laughs> but by the time they got everything done, they couldn't do anything about it. And they were working so long on... Um, changing the way the werewolf was to look, that the original director, Don Coscarelli...
0: Oh, yeah, from uh, Phantasm. Right. Movies I love.
1: ...opted to start filming the non-werewolf scenes without knowing what would happen with the werewolf suit. And so my thought was, could you imagine how the tone of this film would have shifted if Don Coscarelli had stayed on to direct the entire film? Well... I mean, I'm I'm not a Phantasm guy... But I've seen at least the first one, and I would know that this would have had a different tone.
0: Oh, totally! It would have been it would have been a complete and total.
1: Freak. I would think so.
0: Uh, but
1: he shot all the stuff that was non scary first.
0: He's good at that. So, have you ever <laughs> seen Phantasm? It's not it's scary. Not really scary. <laughs> it's just
1: weird. Uh, That's true.
0: The Phantasms are some the of the scariest part
1: about Phantasm is looking at the box. <laughs> the-
0: the puzzle? The co- the-
1: no, the cover. Oh. <laughs> it's seeing the thing, but
0: no. I was going to say, the puzzle is in Hellraiser. Yes, the puzzle is in Hellraiser. But um,
1: um, <laughs> my favorite my favorite line or piece of dialogue was, they're out on their private justice. They're going out. Going out a They're going out and hunting. Going out for <laughs> a, a hunt. A werewolf They grab kill. their posse. They're going out to hunt down this maniacal killer that happens to be in the woods because that's where they assume it is. Because heaven forbid they actually know that it's a werewolf at this moment. So why go to the woods?
0: It's where killers... To go, yeah, it's
1: where they killers go... Are. They went, hey, you know what? The fog is at least waist level over here. We need to go over here first. But my favorite line is... Bobby, you're going to make lemonade in your pants? <laughs> and Bobby's response is, I'm not scared. <laughs> and that was two friggin' adults talking to each other. <laughs> and uh, my comment was, that line is so very much like Stephen King's writing. Because that's like that would have been in the book. But it plays really weird on camera.
0: It's, it's just, just it's, normally
1: I'm used to reading those lines in my head rather than hearing them. It was just strange, yet kind of funny at the same time. Yeah,
0: it suffers from like that bad '80s stink, like that cheesy, like we didn't make it good enough. Like where, and I, I know I'm a big proponent of the the cheesier it is the better, but it's not cheesy in a good way. It's cheesy in a like ah we don't know what we're doing kind it's cheesy of
1: cheesy in an indifferent way.
0: Yeah, it's cheesy because it wasn't. Trying to be, it was trying to be serious, yeah, and it, it comes off as like a bad, say, like a John Carpenter. It feels very John Carpenter in some ways, but it feels like someone trying to do John Carpenter and not it doesn't have that lighter side that makes it. I see what you mean because the serious tone that it tries to carry isn't serious enough, and it yeah, it doesn't, no. it falls flat.
1: No, okay, and so. then they,
0: so then they don't, and then they don't have the monster. Shit to rely on either because it's they garbage.
1: wanted it ambiguous and they didn't really shoot it well, yeah.
0: So it's like, what's what do what you both your A players here are not A players? If
1: you could change make one change to the film, what would it be? It says, I, w- I would add backstory to Reverend Lowe's character exactly that was missing from the film. While the picture tries its best to keep you guessing who the, wereful, who the werewolf is throughout, it becomes obvious. With the one funeral scene that turns into a nightmare, where everyone in the congregation turns into werewolves. Pointing at the werewolf. Yeah, I mean,
0: ham-handed.
1: Ham-handed. It was sitting in sitting in the
0: sitting in the courthouse.
1: Can you point out the the assailant? Can you
0: point out the werewolf that attacked you, (laughs) please? Exactly. That's him, right over there, Michael J. Fox. Right. (laughs) Michael Landon. The other characters were all just—they're like two-dimensional, they're like pulp novels. They're
1: two-dimensional. They're very much Stephen King characters in a story.
0: <laughs> they're Stephen is, King characters in a story they that's folk, a movie. They
1: had too many, is how I Absolute. saw Absolutely. Too many dads. Okay, so <laughs> does the film still hold up? Well, because the film avoids showing much of the werewolf until the end, the special effects don't feel horribly dated <laughs> because you don't hardly see it until True. it's right at the end. It feels like an 80s movie, even with it supposedly taking place in 1976, which serves absolutely no purpose other than to give the narrator a reason for
0: sharing this information. Well, it's 4th of July, 1976, so it would have
1: been... But what difference does it make? People celebrate the 4th of July every year and light off fireworks. Except Because it's the bicentennial... It just seems like a stupid excuse to make this. Let's make this 1976. <laughs> when I looked at some of the goofs and trivia bits on this movie, and it was like when the sister went and dropped off all the cans that she collected before she found out that the Reverend was uh, the werewolf, they, the, one, of the, one or two of the camera shots shows that there's a Diet Coke can <laughs> in there, and Diet Coke clearly didn't exist in 1976. I'm like... If you're digging f- that far <laughs> in to find those problems,
0: <laughs> just don't watch the Just man. stop watching. A fun bit of trivia on it was and I I I've, I've looked this up. I'm not I'm not doing it as we're going. I do I did put some effort into this. Not as, much, <laughs> not as much as I have on other entries, but um Gary Busey wanted to do as many of his own stunts as he could. And in that scene where um Believe he's fighting the wolf he gets launched yeah he gets launched and he hits a bottle with his arm and it like that's his real blood it like straight lays him i open. think
1: i remember reading that too that's i mean at least he did his own stuff it was kind of cool he gets launched into the wall well, he's shit drunk he got, he's not gonna feel it um what are your final thoughts uh, before i go into mine and then we'll
0: the yeah two-dimensional characters and uh, it feels like they're like holodeck people. If you're any fan of Star Trek: The Next Generation, they're like holodeck people. That, actually, if you watch it through the through the through the filter of Marty, arguably the best fleshed out character in it, and that's not saying much, but if he is perhaps a paraplegic on board the Enterprise, and this whole movie is a holodeck program that he's come up with, that that's my final thought. <laughs> that, that that would make the movie more enjoyable to watch. Little Marty McPherson, or whatever his name. Marty, Marty, Marty Chowda.
1: Marty Koslaw.
0: Marty Kostlaw. I
1: thought it was when I kept reading it. I kept wanting to say coleslaw.
0: And this movie sucked. <laughs> this movie, uh, the, the, you know how, like, when they try to put a, uh, a show that is not good, or not as good, on directly after a show like Cheers or The Office. In order
1: to feed off of the... Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: the you like Cheers, is- so you'll like this. I This had the adverse effect because I watched a really good werewolf movie.
1: You are running off that high.
0: Yeah, and man, did I crash quick.
1: Um, the best way to describe Silver Bullet. It performs some of its functions, albeit far from well, but it's definitely not operating at 100%. Penned by the master of horror Stephen King, it appears that even King is unable to capture the visceral horrors and primal fears that he does so well on the written page. Silver Bullet plays like an R-rated kids' TV movie when at its best. The film suffers from too many tertiary characters getting too much screen time that don't really make a difference, an eventual outcome of the final act while it fails to develop a richer background on the werewolf mythos and its inability to acknowledge the full moon and the monthly passage of time between each grisly murder. It's a horror movie that was made for for people who don't really like scary movies.
0: (laughs) Play us one clip. We'll come back and we'll talk about what's next. All right. The Bible tells us not to fear the, the terror that creepeth by night or that which flieth by noonday. Yes, the Bible may tell us that, but I'm telling you, don't watch this movie. <laughs> What's next, Nathan? Uh, I
1: don't know. We haven't decided on what our next
0: I, uh, episode
1: is. We have about three left for this season. I'm
0: really, I'm really pulling for uh, Predator versus Total Recall next
1: time. That's a good idea. I think that...
0: I think that would be good. Get your ass to Mars. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna tune in and uh, want some fresh fresh insight, I guess
1: <laughs> from fresh insights for uh, some not so fresh
0: movies, or you just want to refresh <laughs> on Predator and Total Recall, uh, pick those up. They're available pretty much anywhere,
1: and uh, they should already be in your library. They to should. Begin with. Yes, so if they not, if they're not. That's your fault, not ours. We'll see you again here very soon at Six Pack.